0: Welcome to Bible Q&A, a a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto.
1: And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker.
0: Today we're talking with Matt Skinner about whether Paul hated women or not.
1: So Matt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, This question, did Paul hate women? Uh, How does that question come up uh, in uh, in your classes or uh, in stories that you've heard?
2: Well, I encounter it a lot where people might not have read much of Paul, but just know that he is the one supposedly behind certain statements about women not being allowed to talk in church or women essentially being the property of their husbands or instructed to be submissive to their husbands. And, uh, you know, I know people who have simply said, I have no patience for Paul. If that's the way he thought, I don't care about anything else that he wrote. And Mm. so Paul has gotten a reputation in some quarters as being um, a misogynist or just believing in kind of the the degradation of women or being pro-slavery and... I just want to nuance that question a little bit.
1: Great. Uh, I'm all for that. <laughs> Speaking as the woman in the group here. So, so uh, did Paul hate women?
2: Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we can wrap I mean, things you, up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, the essay I wrote that's on the website tries to get away from that bigger question of did Paul think of women in terms of a, a social class or a, a category of humanity And can we learn anything from looking at how Paul dealt with individual women? And that's the astonishing thing is that Paul really is is pretty straightforward about women who were his partners in ministry and appeared to have significant jobs or offices or roles in the church. And Paul's not ashamed or doesn't feel like he has got to give an explanation for why, but he's happy to work with men and women. Uh, So his own practice suggests that he doesn't think that women only belong in the household, right? But he sees them as... Equally endowed by the Holy Spirit, equally part of the body of Christ with gifts to offer the church, and so that 's significant you know that-
1: yeah, I thought uh, that was a really important point you made that that instead of talking about women as a, a general class, uh, we look at paul 's example or, or the examples in paul 's writings of particular women that he obviously had respect for right so, so,
0: one way to think about it is just what were his expectations or his underlying assumptions. Even in 1 Corinthians, when he's telling women to pray in a particular way, it's not the question of whether or not they should pray, it's they do pray. Right. Now, how right. does that happen?
1: Yeah.
2: And Paul's own writings really force the question, because on the one hand, you've got that passage, like you said, Eric, where um, Paul acknowledges that women have a role in public communal worship. In other places, he says things, or at least things are in his letters that say women can't talk in church. So, I mean, the problem of putting all of Paul's writings together on the table, that's, that's what creates the problem. And we have to say, okay, so which is it, Paul, and and why is different rules for different places, or what's going on here? I mean, it's not that this is just about, some people oh, this is political correctness trying to change the Bible. No, it's really the Bible doesn't speak with a single voice, or Paul does not appear to speak with a single voice. And so we've got to sort through that and ask the question, what was going on?
1: So he's not uh, exactly consistent across all his letters uh, on this topic?
2: I don't think so. And I think that's, on the essay, I try to say, look, he's a person of his own time, which... As we all are, 2,000 years Mm -hmm. from now, people will look at stuff that we're totally blind to. And and so it's fair to wonder why didn't Paul do more to give women a stronger voice in Christian leadership, where I think he lays the theological foundation, right? I should say this, in his own writings are the seeds for what could grow up into a more kind of equal egalitarian understanding of what does it mean to be men, man and woman together in the body of Christ.
1: Yeah. I liked how you put it. I think you said something like Paul's theology did not. Tran- fully transform his sociology
2: that's the that's nerdy anxiety. way of putting it but <laughs> that is what i said yes yes
1: no i like that and and that paul's a, uh, as you say a product of his own time you had said something just before we started uh, recording here about uh, uh giving respect to history or having sympathy for history
2: yeah so i think you know this i i, I don't want to paint paul out as as this great progressive voice for women's liberation, because I think he obviously was not, although some of his writings, Galatians 3, for example, has been really significant for the Church, making some positive strides. But it's not the case that Paul was a total misogynist, either that he just absolutely you know, hated women or had mommy issues or whatever you know. You want to try to say. <laughs> We're not going to go there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Part of doing history fairly is to try to look at, well, what's motivating this or what is the culture like? And this is not to excuse Paul, but to say... Because the same criticism could apply to Jesus, too, who chooses only 12 men as disciples. It's sure. just that there are certain things that were that women could and could not do in the ancient world, certain things that were available to them, and to fault Paul or Jesus for not breaking down all of those cultural barriers is maybe not fair. Now, I'm not trying to say that the that how it was back then is how it should be for all times, but it helps us maybe understand a bit of what's going on.
1: So we empathize or we sympathize with history, even if we don't necessarily want to live in that particular time period.
2: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And it gives us freedom today to say, well, if our sociology is different, if we understand maleness and femaleness differently than they did back then, right, and recognize that women are not necessarily more prone to theological falsehood than men are or... You know, women can't play basketball. I mean, whatever <laughs> you know—all these things that have been part of cultural assumptions about what it means to be biologically female. If those things have all fallen away in recent years, as they have, then our—it makes sense for our theology to take that seriously, yeah. Yeah. right? So, on the one hand, I don't want to beat Paul up and say this is all his fault. On the other hand, the church has done some horrible things with some stuff that Paul has said or has been put in Paul's name, and sure. and then to perpetuate. I think, uh, either violence against women or just the exclusion of women in ways that have damaged the Christian witness for 2,000 years. So
0: There's a complicating factor, too, right, that you mentioned at the end about which letters Paul actually wrote. Um, there are some that scholars pretty much agree on Paul did write and others that we're less certain about, but they're all still in the canon. So how do we read? Is, is it an option just to say, well, Paul wrote this, but Paul didn't write this one, so we don't need to pay attention to these particular letters? What What do we do with that? Yeah, well, some people do that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we can rescue Paul a little bit or get him off the
2: hook a little bit, but you still have verses in Scripture that um, that I personally find kind of morally repugnant, at least if we were to apply them today in a particular way. But that's true across the board, Old Testament, New Testament. Whether we're talking about certain aspects of attitudes toward other nations or toward slavery, I mean, there are just we do not live in that time. Um, our world is different than the worlds that we see reflected in Scripture, for better or for worse, I mean, for different ways. And so I think a faithful articulation of the gospel requires us now not to say, well, we got to get back to how it was when there was slavery and we had a lot more.
1: <laughs> patriarchy. Uh, patriarchy. You know, yeah, yeah
2: I, I, those aren't things I want to go back to. Um, so we'd be honest about what the Bible says. We acknowledge the ways in which the Bible is trying to work out faithful Jewish belief, faithful Christian belief and practice in its world and say that could look different today. That's not changing the Bible. That's, I think, trying to live faithfully with what we believe, how we believe God has created us.
1: Yeah. and, and, And we have tools for doing that within Scripture itself, right? We have... Uh, verses, as you uh, quote from Galatians, to uh, to interpret the other passages that are more troublesome for our understanding of, of women's roles. If so, there
2: were go- no Galatians 3.28, if there were no statement that God creates male and female in God's image, we might have more trouble. But right. we, There are these statements in Scripture that I think critique some of the kind of particular...
0: More
1: historical, sociological... Yeah. I wonder too
0: if these particular verses also give us license to kind of read against the grain sometimes. So Paul... Maybe he's pushing in a different direction than we would like, but we have other texts of sometimes of Paul himself speaking in different, different ways, and we can push back against it and kind of deal with the complicated witness that that Paul gives.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. I think so. One of the most helpful things I've ever read about this was a scholar who said, look, Paul says things, especially in Galatians 3.28, that are revolutionary for understanding Jew and Gentile living together, for slave and master living together, for men and women living together. Paul didn't have time to deal with all of them. I mean, <laughs> Paul's big issue was the Jew-Gentile one. Yeah, and that's exactly. revolutionary. So maybe we should let him off, give him a little less heat for his failure to do what we would consider to be justice or right, on these issues. I mean, and plus, one we person started, can we only still have fight. have a long way to go. And well, I don't a lot want, of yeah, places. and I don't want to paint myself as so enlightened and egalitarian, but we've obviously got a long ways to
0: go, too. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us next time.